Hello, my friends, and welcome to the Bible in Order Faith Friday special edition here with my friend Neil W. Turnage. Neil began his career as a reporter and journalist, having worked for daily newspapers and consumer magazines. His work has appeared in USA Today, The Wall Street Journal, Condé Nast Traveler, American Way, and internationally in Tatler in the UK, and Luomo Vogue in Italy. Another Time, Another Peace, his first novel was published over the summer by WIPF and Stock in the US, the UK, and Australia. Both young and old readers will enjoy the Christian-themed coming-of-age story of a teen pursuing his dream in the late 70s in Southern California as his family falls apart. It's a story of perseverance, wrestling with faith, and having courage to be who God called you to be. Neil, welcome, and thank you so much for being here today. Thank you very much, David. I appreciate the opportunity. I'm grateful for it. I've just enjoyed getting to know you. And as I mentioned earlier, I was a kid in the 80s in Southern California trying to learn how to ride a skateboard, you know, almost before it was cool. And um, how how did you come to this idea of skating as a subject for your first novel? I got to tell you, I've never been a skateboarder never really had any interest in it. And yet I found myself in a church in in Palm Desert, California. And the minister was a renowned skateboarder. And actually at the time when I was there was being inducted into the Skateboard Hall of Fame. Wow. So... I don't know. I left there and I'd been searching for an idea for a book because I always knew I had one in me, 10 and 12 and, you know, how many, but for my first one. And I couldn't let go of that idea that here I was presented with this minister, this man of God, who then opened a portal to me with a thought of, wow, skateboarding and God don't have to be two separate entities. Mm-hmm. And from there, the germ of the story just took root in me. And I, I think it just happened like everything else that happens when I write. I think when any of us use the gifts and talents that we've been given, that it's almost as if you are doing it on autopilot because God is feeding you the direction. In in my sense, God is giving you the words. If you're doing physical labor, if you're behind a keyboard, you know, God is giving the strength and the ability and the capacity to do that. So then it just became a, a process of working through that story. Amen. Well, I I was surprised reading your bio initially back before we met, hearing about this novel for young adults, and and really anybody can read it. I mean, it's 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 a universal story of perseverance, of yes. of wrestling with faith, and all of those things. But the the marriage of skateboarding and faith is not something that we can run across. Briefly describe your faith, Neil. Uh, you know, are there two or three moments that stand out to you in your walk with God over the years? Absolutely. Um, Absolutely. Two very real moments. 
and I'm a swimmer. So I was in Honolulu competing in an open water event. It's my first one, but I love swimming in the ocean. And so I thought this is going to be a great opportunity to test my skill and my fortitude and my strength and all the distance training that I've been doing in masters. So got to the event and a hurricane had just passed through the islands. Uh, but it looked to be all okay. So everybody was lined up at the start, myself included. And I started and I got out, I would say about 800 yards. And I was having a really difficult time. And by the time I got out that far, I, I just stopped. And I ripped my goggles off and I looked around and I saw a Coast Guard helicopter and I saw a couple of Coast Guard boats and I thought, well, at least there's somebody around. But I, I the, what was troubling is I looked around and there was, there was just nobody there. Mm. <laughs> and I really couldn't get my bearings or where I was. And I thought, this is crazy. I'm, I'm a very accomplished, strong swimmer. And, and how can this be happening to me? So I, there was just nobody around me. So and I had no idea where I was going. So I thought, okay, I'm just going to put my goggles back on, put my head down and just trust this is, this is going to work. Even though I was sort of fearing, I didn't know actually if I was going to live. Uh, mm. So I did that. And then my Sunday school, Mrs. Moore from years ago, just popped in my head and I started singing Ferris Lord Jesus in my, in my head mm. as I was doing this. I, I kid you not. I and I think, I think that somehow gave me the strength and the courage, so to speak, to just keep going. And I, I kept going, and eventually I did see where I was supposed to get to. And I just kept singing, you know, Ferris Logi in, in my mind the whole way. And I don't know how much longer it was, maybe 45 minutes or so, I finally got to the finish line. And I staggered out of the water, crossed the finish line on the sand, and then just collapsed and started crying. I mean, I was just emotionally and physically at my end. Uh, and I was beating myself up thinking, how could I have done so poorly in something that I'm so skilled and talented at? Uh, so I went back. and. And the next morning, I woke up and I see in the paper that there were hundreds of rescues and that only a handful of people who started this race finished it. That was why the Coast Guard boats were out there. That was why there was a helicopter. And all this time, I kept thinking it was me. I made it through that race because I did what it fixed instead of magnifying how big the problem was or is, which in that case, I had no idea where I was going or how I was, how I was going to get through this water into the finish line. And I think that just gave me the singular focus to keep going and finish the race. That is so applicable to so many areas of our lives. Um, you, you mentioned that you might have another moment, a defining moment of your faith that you'd like to share? I, I do, definitely. If you turn to him as I did, he'll give you what you need to get you through. Um, and the second moment is there is, was a 
market that I always went to and still go to in another location here in Southern California. Um, so I showed up one day and there was a psychic outside of the front door and she had a card table and a sign up there with psychic readings and what have you. So I went in and I did my shopping and then I got my car and I went home. But something about that really disturbed me. It bothered me. And later I was sitting at my desk and I thought, well, if she can set up a card table with psychic readings and doing all of this and forecasting people's futures, then I can show up and talk about the Lord. So I went through my Bible and pulled up several verses of not dealing with sorcerers and diviners and, and such and printed that up. And I showed up, showed up the next day and I just put that little eight by 10 piece of paper up there with some of those verses. And I didn't do anything. I didn't say anything. I just stood there and she just became very aggressive and started saying some very bad negative things and uh within i think it was no more than 10 or 15 minutes just exploded and went inside and somebody had walked up in the meantime and said you know what's going on here and i said well she's giving psychic readings and i'm telling people about the lord and so she just couldn't handle it and went in and she was threatening me and what have you. And then the manager came out and asked what was going on. So I told him. So he said he thought it was best that just everybody, uh, you know, shut down, and which was fine with me because essentially I'd accomplished my mission of sh shutting it down. But it was a good lesson to me that evil can't stand in the presence of the light. Darkness cannot stand in the presence of the light. You don't have to say anything. You don't have to do anything. You just have to take a stand. Hmm. You just have to be who God called you to be, which is to be a light in the darkness. And if you just do that, I promise you, evil cannot stand in your midst. So that was the end of that until a week later, I was there and I was sitting outside on the little tables uh, having something to eat. And she came there and she saw me there and she approached my table and started screaming explicatives and saying, if I threatening me that if I ever did that to her again, that she was going to do this, that and the other. And then she left. So somebody sitting across from me said, wow, what was that about? Well, that just gave me one more opportunity to say mm -hmm. she was giving to spread the message, which was she was giving psychic greetings and I was telling about the Lord. So whether or not that did anything, at least a seed was planted and it just yeah. once again opened up another opportunity. So those were just both two examples to me that if you just take the smallest step of faith, it's amazing the opportunities God will give you because of that. You just have to be willing and daring and bold enough to take 
one just little baby half step out of your comfort zone. And if you do that, watch what God can do. Mountains will part. uh, Pardon me. Mountains will fall. Seas will roll and part. And you will see that there is no other strength or no other presence stronger than the presence and the strength of our God. Oh, that's great, Neil. Thank you for your courage and that example for sharing that. What's something significant that you've learned over the past few years? I would say that ties into my novel, actually. And that is the power of perseverance. That it's so easy not to persevere because perseverance takes what we just discussed perseverance takes courage Mm -hmm. perseverance takes faith perseverance takes trust perseverance takes going someplace for like abraham you don't exactly know where you're going Mm -hmm. but you know you're supposed to go and I learned the value and the importance of not giving up my debt. And and I've been tempted to. And I've threatened I threatened myself several times over over the year to do that. Over the years to do that. Um but I always recall my dad, uh who was my solid rock, um who always quoted Churchill's speech during World War II, uh, which was just the words repeated three, three different, you know, three times, never give up, never give up, never give up. So I think that yeah. stayed with me and it um, prevented me from giving up as well as the verse, uh, we consider blessed those who have persevered. Um, and to recall Job and the perseverance that he endeavored and pursued and it being perfected and what came of him. So yeah. that's the biggest lesson. I think. Curious. What does your time with the Lord look like on a regular basis? I get up uh, between four fifteen and four thirty every morning. And I take a good half an hour, 45 minutes, uh, that time in prayer. And then I'm in the pool because I'm a swimmer. Uh, but I do that before anything else. And, and I'll tell you why. And, and, I, and I, I'm saying this, that you don't, it doesn't mean you have to get up at four in the morning. It doesn't mean you have to get up at eight in the morning. You know, it means you get up whenever you get up according to your daily rhythm and schedule and what have you. Mm-hmm. The point here is, is that I believe it sets the tone for the day. If you, and I'm not saying you have to spend X amount of time doing it, because some people don't have the time. I get that. I understand. We have kids, we have families, we have jobs, we have responsibilities. My point is that if you simply take, if it's five minutes, five minutes, if it's 30 minutes, whatever it is, to spend that time, as Paul says in Philippians, of laying your requests before the Lord with prayer and thanksgiving and gratitude in your hearts. I believe that it just sort of, once again, arms you with a strength uh, 
and empowers you to face the day that may be good, may not be so good, but because you have rooted and anchored yourself in the Lord from the beginning, you're going to get through it. And I think it also prevents, which is very easy to come by in this world, in this world right now, chaos and disorder and discombobulation and distraction and everything else. I think once again, if you start your day rooted and anchored in the word and your personal time with God, that, that sinks your anchor deep to where those distractions and disturbances and everything else, it may, it may not stop them from coming against you, but it will stop you from being a victim and a servant to them. Um, so often uh, hearing the stories of another person can just edify our own souls. Jesus spoke in stories because they're so relatable, I think, and people remember them. Can you share a story, even if it's um, maybe an excerpt of the book or a, a summation of some, some events in the book that, that people might be able to relate to? Sure. I think one of those is don't be afraid of who God called you to be. That I think some of us are are just afraid to really dig in and stand up to who God called us to be. Uh, and in in the instance of my protagonist, Sal, in the book, skateboarding. I mean, you know, what a worthless, hedonistic, uh, supposedly, pursuit. And, and I think that's applicable across the board now to where it means if you feel like that's who God called you to be or God called you to paint or God called you to go out and study a specific type of bee that is drawn to wildflowers or something, how, how, however strange or off course or kilter that might be, my, my genuine desire is to say, be that, pursue that. If that's, if that's in your heart, God put that dream in your heart for a reason. And you may not know where it's going at the time, but that's okay. Because God will, if you pursue that dream that God put in your heart for a purpose, God will ultimately lead you to the fulfillment of that purpose. And I believe that once again, that ties in with what my protagonist, protagonist pardon me, experiences that he didn't feel like this was really a worthwhile cause, uh, and yet he kept going with it, and it was everything but easy. Uh, and eventually he excelled and found, without giving anything away, that that was exactly what he was supposed to be doing with his life. So I just want to say whatever it is you feel that you are supposed to be doing, that, that dream that you think is just unattainable or unreachable, I, I'm here to say go for it. Do it. That, yeah. That's in your heart for a reason. And God's going to make something of that bigger than you can even imagine. 
Neil, is, is there anything in your life that you still dream or long for that, that you're believing that God is going to still do for you in the future? I don't know. At this point, I, I just want to continue to use the gift that I've been given to tell stories and impact people that way and and see where that's going to take me i i know that i want to see that grow bigger into different types of books uh fiction non-fiction historical fiction um, films as well because i think those are very impactful and that's something that i'm pursuing as well um because the media is a very powerful tool right now, as we both know, because we're utilizing it. Mm-hmm. And I believe that there is an opportunity in the growth and exploitation of media now to reach people with the good news. So I want to be a good steward of the gift that I've been given to tell a story and use it to shine light into this world. What about any other book projects coming up from you, Mr. Turnage? I am working on one right now uh, about a group of people in a community in Southern California who don't think they need each other and discover they absolutely do need each other in order to fulfill their purpose and their lives. So it's it's a story I'm weaving together of the importance of loving each other and needing each other and leaning on each other in order to fulfill your purpose. I'm going to put you on the spot a little bit with another question. Um, do you have a favorite Bible verse? I have a couple that come to mind that my mom loved, um, which is the verse from Philippians 4. Uh, whatever is right, whatever is true, whatever is holy, whatever is friendly, whatever is proper, if anything is excellent or praiseworthy, think about such things and the God of peace will be with you. And I think in today's world, it is so easy to do everything except that. It is so easy to get our minds on everything that is not right, because there are many things that aren't right, many things uh, in our world, in our society, in our culture uh, that aren't going in the right direction, in my humble opinion. But I think if we just train our minds to do what that verse says, I think our out- we can not only change our own outlook, we can also change the world. So I think about that verse uh, all the time and the importance of setting my mind there. And the other one that she loved that uh, comes to mind is that for all who believe, uh, the verse from Malachi, that for all who believe, um, the sun will rise with healing in its wings. And I think that also reminds me there's so many things in life right now that we all need deliverance from and healing from. And uh, that if we hold on to that promise, um, 
And we know from the other verse that God is faithful to perform his word uh, and fulfill his promises, that if we hold on to that promise, that for those who believe, uh, the Son of Righteousness will rise with healing. We, we will experience our healing. Uh, which brings me actually to one other verse. Uh, it's the verse in John before Jesus is healing Lazarus. And he says, Did I not tell you you would see the glory of God if only you believe? So I, I would just really want to encourage everyone uh, that it's so important just to just to believe, just to have faith, just to believe. You don't have to have it figured out. God didn't, God didn't, God didn't tell us you have to figure it out. God just says, just have to believe. Because if you just believe, everything is possible because nothing is too hard for the Lord. You know, with God, the impossible is possible. All we have to do as believers is to do and be just that, believe. I've been thinking, uh, just as you were speaking, Hebrews 11 says, without faith, it is impossible to believe. It, it's impossible to please God, because if you don't have faith, you can't believe that he is. And then it says, and then you can't believe that he is a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. And I, I just love that God is a rewarder. He, he longs to give us good gifts and to bless us. And just the way we would bless our children who we love, God wants to. And so often people have this view of God as this angry, distant, harsh, absent father, because many of us had angry, distant, harsh, absent fathers, but he's sure. not like our earthly fathers. He's so good. He loves us so much. He wants to bless us. He wants to give us the desires of our hearts if we'll just go about it in the right way. Um, My ways are higher than your ways. Mm -hmm. And and the echo of what you just said, the verse, uh, I believe it's in Isaiah, the Lord longs to be gracious to you. Yeah. That's what you just said. The Lord longs, and I think, and I'm probably preaching to myself more than than our listeners right now that if you just remember and if I just remember it's what you were just saying David that the Lord longs to be gracious to me the Lord longs to be gracious to you and I think so many times I and I don't know how many of our listeners just want to put our hands up and start waving them around and go no not me not me yeah uh, but I think if we just open our arms and open our hearts and go, okay, Lord, be gracious to me. Just be gracious to me. I, I receive it. And I think if we do that, and if I do that, it's God will just amaze us with his goodness. I think he wants to amaze us with his goodness. I totally agree with that, Neil. Where can people get a copy of this book? Sure. The another easiest, time, another piece. Yes, another time, another piece, and it's P E A C E. And probably the easiest way for anyone is simply just to go to Amazon, and they can just put in the search another time, another piece, uh, or they can put in my name, Neil N E A L. It's W Turnage, and the book will come up. There is a, I believe it's two eighty. It's a little bit under three dollars. Uh, promo right now on the ebook, and 
I suppose the last little thing I want to say about that is that while the backdrop is this boy pursuing a skateboard dream, my intention, and I believe what translates in that book, is that that's not what the story is about. The story ultimately is about somebody like many of us who wrestle with our faith, not unlike Abraham, as we can go back to. Mm-hmm. Uh, and seeing what happens that when you wrestle with your faith and when you're willing to go, okay, I surrender, see what God can do with that. That's what ultimately this story is about. Uh, and yeah. I want to impact people with that message that it's okay to waver. It's okay to ask questions. God's fine with that. Do it all. Wrestle with yeah. it. Scream it, you know, whatever it is. Um, but if you endeavor in it, as you said, God will reward you for seeking. Definitely. That's so good, Neil. I mean, Jesus himself said, God, why? Father, why have you forsaken me? Jacob, whose name was changed to Israel, wrestled with the angel of God and said, I am not letting you go until you bless me. You know, I mean, he literally, and the angel was saying, let me go. The sun's coming up. And and he said, I'm not going to let you go. Um, God wants us to endeavor. Yeah, he knew in his heart. I'm sorry. He knew in his heart. God wanted to, as we discussed, God longed to be gracious to him. God wanted to bless him. And he wasn't going to let that moment go until he was blessed. And I think that's what this this book imparts and and what I want to impart, that um, receive it. Just receive it, you know? Yeah. Wrestle with it if you must, and we all do, and I certainly have. And then just receive it and watch what God can do. Amen. Last question, Neil, I'm going to let you go. Why, why should somebody get this book or even maybe a better version of that question is who should they buy this book for? They should buy this book a for somebody who appreciates a good story. Well told. They should read this book uh, because it will, it will show them that, The path of faith isn't always straight, that it can have twists and it can have turns. And certainly in this story, there are several key twists and turns. Faith can also have people coming against you, which in this book, my protagonist has people coming against him. And one of those is his own father. which is the root of his family falling apart. So people will see that faith doesn't necessarily, if it ever, have a straight path. But if you stay on it, eventually God is faithful to do what he promises to do in his word, which is go before you to make your crooked places straight. So people, mm-hmm. I want to get this book uh, to read the story and see that God is faithful to his word. But if you pursue and you commit to your journey of faith, while it may not be straight, God will make your crooked places straight. Amen. Amen. Neil Turnage, author of Another Time, Another Peace, P-E-A-C-E. 
such an honor and a privilege and so much fun getting to know you and talking about your life, your faith, and your most recent novel. Thank you so much for being here. Thank you, David. My pleasure. Thank you.